This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for chunk. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Good afternoon. Happy Friday, folks. This is the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez clear with you today to round out your week. Hello, Rico. Hello. How's it going? It's going pretty well. How about yourself? Not too bad. Trying to trying to get my volume. I'm uh, very excited for just a little under two hours from now, we may see a grown man cry. And that grown man is Jay Foreman. Uh, and if he's listening, I'm sure I'll get a text here momentarily. I hope you do. I Sam, really hope Sam, you man, do. I, man, I won't cry. I won't cry. Jay, Jay, you about to cry, man. <laughs> on the push, first, we on, keep pushing on, his buttons. On the first sauce that you have, he's gonna be so like he's so mad at us. Nah, it's fine. He, he the Bills lost, unfortunately. Part of the bet. Um, did did we ever make it known what you would have done if? If uh, the Patriots would have lost, weren't, didn't you have to grow out your hair? Uh, I think it was the same thing, honestly. I think it was the same thing. And then oh, I thought it was something with it, your For hair. the next game, we're doing the hair. So for the next game, if the Patriots lose, he gets to choose whatever design or whatever for my hair to cut it into. Okay. But if the Patriots win and the Bills lose, then he has to grow his hair out. All right. So he can I, get a, a, a nice fro going on. I, I just received a text from Jay Foreman that says this, and I quote, not happening. I got a meeting. <laughs> Is that true? I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll find out at 4 o'clock. I swear. If, if, if Jay somehow, doesn't come in at 4, I it's going to ruin my week. I've been looking forward to this ever does, since Monday night. Does the level of respect drop for Jay if he, if he skips out? No. No. But, you know. You know. I don't know, man. <laughs> 402-464-5685, Honda Lincoln Hotline, Starter Heyman Text Line, both those open for you all hour long. I'll just be sad. Oh, big time. Big time. Uh, both those open for you all hour long, as well as the Starter Heyman Jewelers video stream, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. We got a little bit of a loaded show today. Uh, Brett Wagner from the Lincoln Journal Star will join us from down in Austin to kind of talk Huskers volleyball and what the what the vibe is like down there ahead of their um, big match against Texas tomorrow I, night. I really want to ask him how the gym was when Texas was down two sets to nothing to Washington. Yeah. And even like partway through that third set, Washington was holding a lead for a while. And it just it just seemed like it was going to happen. Like It was like, all right, Texas is done. Washington's going on to the Elite Eight, and they're going to face the winner of Nebraska-Illinois. And then they just something flipped a switch, and they started going off. Maybe may I don't know if you were like me Rico when Texas won that third set there was something in my mind that was like well it was I knew Texas it was over. isn't going to lose Yeah this I knew now. it was over. And then the fourth set started and they went off reeled like off like 10, 10 straight points. Yeah. 
and I thought, well, it was a good run, Washington. And so I'm curious to ask Brent about who he feels like Nebraska would have matched up better with because there's a way that Washington's just tricky as well. In years past, John Cook has lost to Washington. He's also lost to Texas last year. And so I'm interested to hear Brent's thoughts on how um, Nebraska matches up with the Longhorns tomorrow. They have Logan Eggleston, um, obviously All-American from Brentwood, Tennessee, who an uh, outside hitter who's dominant as always so um, and Skyler Asia, Fields Asia O'Neill Jermaine O'Neill's daughter which I always mm-hmm. forget and then they showed him in the crowd I, do. And I was like oh that, yeah that's the dude that they showed that he's in that that yeah po- tight polo and Jermaine everything. O'Neill and I was like oh yeah that's his daughter I forget so we'll, we'll talk she to also that. had open heart surgery last year that's right and and a couple months later played against Nebraska and went off that's right I remember Just I forgot about that wild they played her story before the game and it's it's impressive man Kudos um, to her for, for sticking with it and, and getting through everything. Yeah, so we'll kind of talk a little bit about that with him at 2.30. Right now, Rico and I in the studio, if you're sitting at home, um, appreciate you guys having us on on your radio, on your TV, whether, wherever you're watching it. But Grand Island, the, the high school, led by Isaac Trout, the Virginia signee, is playing Vashon, Missouri on ESPNU in the Norm Stewart Classic. So we have that up on the studio right now. Grand Island's up 5-4, to four, but unfortunately just turned the basketball over. So... Um, that's on ESPNU. You can watch Grand Island represent Nebraska there on the TV as well. Grand Island at 0-2. Yeah, Vashon. I, I hope I'm saying that right. I think it's Vashon. I don't know. Vashon. They are 6-0. and They There's are 6-0. Isaac. Hi, Hi, Isaac Trout. Yeah, Grand Island already four turnovers late in the first quarter. So we'll we'll keep you updated on that as we go along. A um, little bit of news to get to. Nebraska, obviously, the men's basketball team plays Auburn tomorrow uh, down in Atlanta. So a little bit of news came out. In regards to the Auburn program, Bruce Pearl will not be coaching tomorrow because of of an FBI investigation that involved a former assistant back in 2017. Um, just Took a little a bit while. of yeah, talk about it. Uh, with sanctions stemming from the 2017 probe, um, the there was an assistant coach, a former assistant coach on Auburn's sidelines that was accused and and now obviously proven that he was taking bribes to sway players to come to Auburn mm-hmm. so obviously a no-no there uh so no Bruce Pearl tomorrow now what does that mean for Nebraska not sure but it also goes to show and we talked about it yesterday that going in Nebraska obviously is going to be dealing with some illnesses Matt Abdelmasi still not on the sidelines so they understand going into that how that's going to affect their team but also now on the other side Auburn we, we mentioned it yesterday. They've been dealing with some flu-like symptoms earlier this week. Mm-hmm. That they seem to be fully healthy, but still, um, think about going back to last year, coming off of, of sickness, and and guys just were winded easily, and they weren't able to um, handle the the speed of the game for for long longer amounts of time. Takes a lot out of you. So you know, you get back into the game, you think you're still in bass, like being in shape and being in like whatever sport shape is completely different. Like mm-hmm. like you could be in the best shape of your life and you go out on a basketball court and try to play basketball and you're going to get winded pretty quickly after a couple times up and down the court because you never stop moving. I mean, you're, you're moving around without the ball. You're moving around with the ball. It's 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 a little wild and, and crazy. You know, things happen. So uh, you, you get sick. You try to come back from it a couple days later and you never know how how well you're going to perform. 402-464-5685, the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, Sarah Heyman text line. Uh, feel free to chime into the show that way all hour long. Rico, let's let's go ahead and start talking about the um, Heisman a little bit. Let's dive into it. So Heisman is weird. Yeah, it is 
there's a lot of people up in arms about it this year. And is it because there's no one guy that really has separated himself? Normally you have a clear-cut favorite and then maybe just some people battling for like second or third and you know there are you have those years where you have two people who who have you know amazing seasons and you're like yeah this is these are the two guys you know whoever wins I'll be totally fine with and you kind of have that this year with CJ Stroud and Bryce Young but at the same time they had really good seasons you know extremely great seasons yard you know stats wise and you know both well both of their teams did really great in the win loss category but at the same time it didn't seem like either one of them separated themselves from the other, separated themselves from the rest of the pack. Like, for a while, you were just swapping back and forth with, oh, this is the Heisman winner, oh, this is going to be the Heisman Like, Kenneth Walker was leading for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And then he had a bad game, and it just kind of flipped. And neither one of these guys was the favorite before championship weekend. Like, C.J. Stroud had his moment, and people believed that he was, you know, oh, he might be the Heisman, you know, favorite or whatever. And then Bryce Young just did what he did against Georgia, and it just flipped on a dime. And he went from, you know, not not a positive favorite to now he's he's probably the betting favorite, I think he is, to win the Heisman. Um, so it's, it's just a weird year where guys had really impressive seasons, but not really Heisman seasons. I think you're you're on to something there. Also, I, I would like to remind folks, we're, we've gotten this on the text line going back to even Tom and Bach's show with DP and, and Bach just a little bit ago about how, you know, one game, they, they don't they don't just forget that one game. It needs to be a season-long thing. Think back to Amir Abdullah when his Heisman campaign was, was going on. And they went to Michigan State for a night game, and, and Abdullah was held to under 50 yards rushing that game. And for the longest time, he was stuck at negative two yards rushing for for the longest time, and that game ended his 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 chance at winning the Heisman that year. Ended, you could say, even ended his uh, possibility of of winning the Doak Walker Running Back of the Year award. Mm-hmm. And so, it, it's interesting to see how just one game can affect the player or athlete's ability to win win an award like the Heisman. I, I seriously think that Bryce Young is the best player in college football, though. With, with all this Aiden Hutchinson stuff going on as well, no. there's no way. Especially with thinking back to and tying it back to a Nebraska connection, there's no way Aiden Hutchinson should win it when Sue comes in third <laughs> in 2009. Everybody brings Sue back up with that with with his historic year and not winning the Heisman. Are people wrong for saying that? Though? I don't. I mean, I don't think so. But you know, you have to be a dominant player to win the. You have to be dominant. And, and be the best player in college football to win the Heisman. That's what it should be. And, and lately it's just become who has the best highlights to win the Heisman. And, and it's 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 fine, I guess, because usually you know you have whoever has the best highlights is probably one of the best players. That's why that's the reason why they have all of these highlights. And I agree with you. Bryce Young is, is going to win the Heisman and probably deserves it. But this year it was just so, I don't know, it was just underwhelming with the the yeah. Heisman favorites. Like Aiden Hutchinson had his moment against Ohio State breaking his dad's, you know, single season sack record for Michigan and you know them finally getting over the Ohio State hump and and you know storming the field and and winning their first Big 10 championship in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Uh Bryce Young had his moment uh against Georgia against the the vaunted Georgia defense and just shredding them for however many yards and touchdowns um CJ Stroud was was pretty solid all season after he got after he sat out a game for injury or, or just to collect himself and and you know prepare himself for the rest of the college season. He was pretty solid after that. And then Kenny Pickett, I can't really speak to Kenny Pickett. I didn't watch him 
play all had, that much this season. He had a good ACC championship. Yeah, he had a good ACC championship with his fake slide that is now outlawed, yeah, uh, which funny. that would have been his Heisman moment. Um, but I can't speak to Kenny Pickett because I didn't really watch him. His Stat-wise, stat he had a really solid season. He had the Belentnikov Award winner, which you can argue, does he win the Belentnikov with a different quarterback than Kenny Pickett, or did he win it because of Kenny Pickett? So it's you know it's one of those things as well. So it's just it's just a weird year for, for Heisman Awards. I, I would actually push back a little bit that Bryce Young's Heisman moment was beating Georgia. Because his first, and, and that's definitely a, a high, something that you can point to, and mm-hmm. people before people freak out on the text line about it, and, and we got a text about it, is that he didn't show up in the Auburn game. You're Until that right. final drive. But that final drive was that definitely the changing point in the game. And, and think about, he had to do that drive without Jamison Williams. Mm-hmm. The whole second half was without Jamison Williams, the be- his best receiver. And now, the second half against Georgia, Mechie was out. And now he's going to lead a playoff push with without him, without Mechie. Mm-hmm. And... So, so I think that that for that final drive against Auburn was really where I kind of turned. I, I changed my opinion on Bryce Young because at that moment when he made that pass in the, in the corner of the end zone at at, at Auburn mm. in the final seconds with fifty five seconds left on that drive or whatever, super impressive. He was on point for that entire drive. He was putting passes exactly where they needed to be and and leading a a game winning drive. In your rival's stadium is is nothing to to mm-hmm. scoff at. Like that's it's impressive, especially the way that Auburn was playing them all all game, and the fact that you know they were struggling to move the ball against Auburn's defense. So yeah. the fact that he was able to go into that last drive and just methodically march them down the field to tie the game and go into overtime was extremely impressive. And he made it look so smooth. And and you can and say- I think for me like. That that's probably his Heisman moment, but I think I'm I wasn't giving him as much credit until you know right now thinking about it because I did not want them to win that game. No, I and, really didn't. And if and let's be real, if they would have lost the game, then it would have it probably he probably would not be the Heisman. Well, but, he wouldn't have been in the conference championship. Bingo. And and so here's the thing, well, also, yeah. either well, might still either way, and and you can say whatever you want about Auburn's quarterback being on on basically one leg and hobbling around and everything, because with Bo Nix out, they had to play their backup and mm-hmm. all this. And you can say all you want there, but at the end of the day, he he orchestrated a, a very smooth drive with under a minute left in the game in, like Rico said, their rival stadium in the Iron Bowl against Auburn without his best receiver. And we're in a game that they had no running game, that they, they had to figure something out. And yes, that's Alabama just being Alabama, and it's annoying, and it, and it, it annoys people. Um, it annoyed me, and it, it made Rico mad. Mm-hmm. And they wanted him to win. To be honest, they yeah. didn't want him to win. Yeah, because then they would have been out of the playoff. But here, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I think Bryce Young is is out of the people going to New York. Bryce Young deserves the highest. Yeah, I mean, most. if you're just going off of the top four that are going to be in New York, it's Bryce Young. I mean, are we saying are are, are we in that boat of Kenneth Walker should be in New York? I, he definitely should be in. New should York. be in New York. Should he win the Should he win the award? I mean, he had such a great season. Like, like his entire season, his entire body of work was extremely impressive. He had one, two bad games, but when, you know, as running backs go, he was the best running back in the country. I just, it's just hard. It's just hard to, to, to put it into perspective because it's really become a quarterback running back award and you're, you're going based off of stats and, and a single, a singular Heisman moment. And he, he doesn't really have that except for, you know, tearing up some, some pretty solid big 10 teams earlier in the season. Well, and there's definitely something to be said for when he wins the, 
uh, Walter Camp Player of the Year. Yeah. And so that's something there. He, I believe he won the Doak Walker running back award and everything like that. Re- finishes with um, 1,636 yards on 263 carries, 18 touchdowns, uh, average 6.2 yards per carry all season long, which is impressive, over 263 carries. So, um, yeah, there, there's definitely a case there. I think that was the biggest snub. Yes. I, I would have rather seen Kenneth Walker over... Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden Hutchinson. No defensive player had a good enough season to even be considered for the Heisman. Mm-hmm. Will Anderson Jr., Alabama's linebacker, had a fantastic season. That, that'll that vault him up, you know, NFL draft boards, and he should be one of the first defenders taken in the NFL draft, and he should win a bunch of defensive awards. Not a Heisman season. Aiden Hutchinson, you had a lot of sacks. You didn't have a lot of tackles, but you had a lot of sacks. Congratulations. Not a Heisman finalist. Yeah, Will Anderson Jr. from Alabama finished with 91 tackles, 52 of those solo, 15 and a half sacks. So not too bad at all. Yeah, I mean, and and you can argue he's a linebacker. He's He's not, you know putting hands on somebody every single play like Aiden Hutchinson is, so that's why you know he might have more tackles. But at the same time, if you're going to be the best player in college football, the most dominant player in college football, you you got to do more. That's just that's just how it is. Okay, before we get to Brent Wagner of the Lincoln Journal Star, we can we can kind of pivot here. 402-464-5685. Um, so we, we mentioned that Nebraska men's basketball will play Auburn tomorrow morning without Bruce Pearl. Uh, and, and whoever doesn't travel with the team to, to Alabama, or excuse me, to uh, Atlanta. Atlanta, thank <laughs> you. Um, I kept wanting to say Georgia, but I knew that was and not correct. Atlanta, Georgia. Good point. You're good. Um, so, I, but on the other side, tomorrow at 1 p.m., the Husker women's basketball team, the 9-0 and Husker women's basketball Going team. 10 and 10-0, baby. Play Indiana State. They play the Sycamores. At 1 p.m. at PBA. Now, I look. I looked. I looked ahead <laughs> at their schedule, and there's for if if you're not already excited about Nebraska women's basketball, number one, you should be, because um, just just talking. I I actually was talking to. Uh, I, I had lunch with some of the people that work with the, the with the Husker women's basketball team today. Oh, you had lunch we, with, with Happer. We went. To, <laughs> well, no, I did not. We went to the. We went to Machachos. Shout out, Nick. Um, good brisket burrito. Anyway, and and they were talking just how much this team likes, like they they enjoy. They had an optional, so I found out they had an optional practice yesterday, and every single player went. Dude, they are a joy to watch. They have so much fun on the court, and they are so good at at literally everything they do. It is so much fun to watch them. They hustle. They shoot well. They they share the ball. They're they're always smiling. They're they, it's it's just a joy to watch the women play. Jess Shelley is making an immediate impact. Sam Hybee's doing her thing. Uh, Alexis Markowski, the Pius grad. The, She's the a great. Last year's Gatorade Player of the Year for, for Nebraska Preps women's, on the women's side um, is providing big minutes off the bench behind Izzy Bourne and Bella Cravens. Bella Cravens was playing point, point guard on two fast yes, breaks point Cravens. in their last game. It was great. And so there's there's a lot of, of excitement surrounding this program. Nebraska is doing extremely well on the women's basketball mm-hmm. front. Amy Williams, Chuck Love, and their entire staff. But no, looking ahead at their schedule, there is there is reason to believe that they will head into the bulk of conference play twelve and zero. They have Indiana State, yeah, Drake, and Wyoming, Wyoming. all at home. That's oh man, yeah. 
and and they'll get a break for Christmas after their their game against Wyoming, mm-hmm. where they could have their twelfth win. And then the thirtieth, they play Michigan State at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Michigan they, State is seven and four with losses, close losses. Well, except for one, a close loss to Notre Dame, and then a, a twenty-seven point loss to Iowa. Now, and that was what I was going to say. January 9th, it's a Sunday at 1 p.m. Circle that game. It's against Iowa, who is a top mm. 15 team program or 15 team in the nation every single year. Caitlin Clark, I think they're top 10 this year. Well, she, they did. They they, lost, they were 12, but they just lost to Iowa State. Mm-hmm. And so circle that one because that could be a game that is very very interesting. If Nebraska's ranked by that time. Nebraska, bet, look, they're about to be 10-0. and 0. If they are not ranked after they beat Indiana State, there's something wrong. They're about to be 10-0. and 0. What is going on, NCAA? Figure it out. Figure it out. This team is fantastic. They scored over 100 points in like three straight games. What's going on? What more do you need? All right. Yeah, so, take, so rank them. That, just put, just give them a number. That was the whole thing I, I was trying to get to. Uh, let's go ahead and take a break. Update on the high school basketball game on ESPNU. Once again, Grand Island down 11-7 to to Fashan, uh, a high school in Missouri. 13. They're on ESPN to U, They're on ESPNU. Uh, I just saw a little graphic roll up that Grand Island has not scored in the last four minutes. Mm. So they're going to need to find something there. But now they are down 13-7. to So we'll keep you updated on that game. But when we come back, we'll talk to Brent Wagner of the Lincoln Journal-Star from Austin, Texas. Uh, talk some Husker volleyball ahead of their matchup against the Longhorns next on Happy Hour. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.